This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, 
This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone. So let's connect and heal our vibe within. Welcome back to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and it's just me and my cat, Nar, sitting here. He's purring really, really loud right now. I don't know if you can hear it. (laughs) He's been really feeling all the feels recently. Maybe it's a Scorpio full moon. I don't know. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be posting this episode, so it might be not Scorpio time when I'm posting it, but we'll see. How are we doing out there? Is everybody breathing? Are you breathing? Or are you taking shallow chest breaths? If you feel like you need to take a deep breath, then take a deep breath with me. Take a deep breath in and sigh it out. And whatever you're doing right now, I hope that you're enjoying what you're doing, whether it's running, jogging, walking, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're in the shower, 
Maybe you're sitting on your couch. Maybe you're with your pet. Maybe you're cooking dinner. Maybe you're doing work on your computer. Maybe you're shopping. Maybe you're running errands. Whatever it is that you're doing, I hope that you are enjoying it and living in the moment and not wishing that you were done doing whatever it is that you're doing, if that makes sense. Because it's about the journey. It's about the process. It's not about the final destination because it never ends. And um, today's episode is all about imposter syndrome, about breaking the cycles and the, the stories that we tell ourselves, that broken record that we keep on repeat, that loop that we keep living. Um, imposter syndrome can, can come in a variety of different ways. So I, I kind of get into each way and nitty gritty details and family issues and how we can move forward from being stuck when we are perceived as someone that we used to be, someone that maybe hurt somebody or maybe said something hurtful or didn't have the greatest intentions in what we were doing. Um, A lot of us in this self-development and self-growth world and movement, it can become very lonely and isolating because as we are becoming a better version of ourselves, the people who know us as past versions of ourselves who might have done things and said things that were fucked up, it's hard for us to detach from that part of us because it still lives within a lot of our family members and friends. And that's how they remember us. That's how they know us. And we can't change their mind. We can't go into their mind and and re-sculpt the way that they think about us or the way that they perceive us. And that can be very challenging and upsetting and triggering because as we're doing all this inner work to heal our inner child and our past traumas and then finding that, that nice solid ground to then move forward and not continue to relive the past because that's a huge part of healing is detachment and moving forward and changing the way that we think and our patterns and our cycles it requires a lot of surrender and we're going to grow apart from people and sometimes we're going to grow apart from family members or maybe we have to give family members some time to forgive us or vice versa maybe we have to take some time away from other family members who did us wrong and forgiveness is a huge part of growth of self-development of surrender it takes a lot of strength and courage to forgive somebody and move on because it's hard to see them in a different light in a different way and as much as we are changing and as much as we are growing and evolving and becoming a better person we um we don't have all the control to persuade somebody that we're, that we're different now. And that's what this episode's about, because it's a serious thing that we're all going through, and especially now we're, we're heading into the holiday season. It can become very isolating, and we can fall into these depressive traps, and we can continue to play that broken record over and over again. But in order for us to continue on this path of self-development and evolving 
it requires truth. It requires us to understand that it is what it is, and we have to just keep our eyes forward one foot at a time, and, you know, we have to find gratitude in how our lives are right now and how hard we've been working to transcend from our traumatic past or our childhood. And something that I've been dealing with a lot recently is forgiving myself, forgiving myself for the things that I've said or the things that I've done. And in order for that to occur, we have to have self-compassion. And a lot of my self-compassion practice comes from mindful meditation, comes from journaling. So if you... um, didn't know, I launched a course. It's called Modern Meditations, and it's a guided meditation series, eight guided meditations over five hours of audio. And there's also seven worksheets full of creative writing prompts, creative journaling prompts that will help you up-level your mental health journey, your healing journey. And this is all the things that I have done in my personal experience, and I feel that I have definitely up-leveled um, this past year. And I wanted to share what I what I did and, and how I journal and how I, how I start to rewire my brain and how I start to untangle the pain and the suffering through writing, through journaling. And it seems very cliche. It sounds very cookie-cutter and, and cheesy, but there is a reason why things are cliche because they work because journaling works and it's dumping out the toxins out of your mind it's dumping out the toxic ways of thinking the situations the scenarios the things that have been bothering us and holding holding a heaviness in our heart and our healing and it needs to come out so that the universe can see that we're doing the work and then our lives will change So if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes. You can purchase it on Etsy. It's 55 bucks. I tried to make it affordable for everybody. Um, I think that it's a pretty good price. Um, I've spent two months curating these, these guided meditations, and it was a lot more work than I thought. It wasn't just like a put this shit together and then it's done. It took me about two, two and a half months to really get this shit together and I'm really proud of it, and I really poured my heart and my soul and my tears and my energy into it, and between meditation and movement and breathing and journaling, my life has drastically changed, so I hope that it can help you uh, in any way. Um, so the, the link's in the show notes. It's, on, it's, a li- it's available on Etsy, and um, I think you'll enjoy it. So let's just get right into the episode, and I will see you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Tonic Vibes CBD. Tonic offers CBD blends that use organic sun-grown hemp flower from their family-run farm in upstate New York. Their original formulations were first developed by Tonic's founder, Brittany Carbone, to help manage her own anxiety and depression that she was suffering with herself. Combining plant-based ingredients like ashwagandha, black seed oil, lemon balm, and passion flower, Their soulfully crafted botanicals work with the CBD to restore our body's essential balance. 
The magic is in the love and intention that goes into each of their products from seed to shelf. And I have personally been using their tinctures for almost two years now. It's one of the first companies that I actually reached out to and was super interested in their company because I love their marketing, I love their Instagram. I am obsessed with all that, obviously, since I went to school for that. Um, and I loved how they were packaging their stuff. It has a really um, light vibe when I look at their Instagram, and it's female-owned. It's a family-owned small company, uh, and it's just amazing. It's one of my top tincture companies that I work with, and my favorite tinctures are the OG tincture, the tonic OG, that has ashwagandha in it, black seed oil, tastes so good. Um, it's more of an awakening, uplifting tincture. I like to take it in the morning. And then I love their chill one, which is not as sweet. Um, it has the passion flower and lemon balm in it still, but it's more of a nighttime tincture. And of course, you can take these during the day as well and in, in the morning, but that's just how I do it, and I love their tinctures so much. They also do little roll-on topicals, and they are doing CBD flower as well. So I really recommend getting into Tonic as it's one of my favorite companies. Obviously, I have them sponsoring the podcast, and I love them so much. So if you want to check out tonicvibes.com, you can go purchase anything from their website and use discount code GYPSYLOVE for a discount at checkout. That's tonicvibes.com, and you can use discount code GYPSYLOVE, G-Y-P-S-Y-L-O-V-E, for a discount at checkout. All right, so I think we're all familiar with the term imposter syndrome. Um, And I was listening to a podcast last night, the Ignited podcast with Dr. Jaffe. Um, And he was basically saying, like, even though he has over two decades of experience and he has a master's degree and he has a Ph.D. and he's been working in his field of mental um, illness and healing uh, patients who have been through severe addictions and substance abuse and all that he still gets hit with imposter syndrome and I just found that so humbling to hear because even if you have you know how you know how they say um 10,000 hours and you are a an expert at whatever it is that you are pursuing he was like um I probably have 50,000 hours at this point and I was just like yo I feel that because I think I have more than 10,000 hours of practicing and teaching yoga combined because I've been teaching for six years. Time really flies. And I still sometimes feel the imposter syndrome coming through. Not so much with teaching yoga because when I step in the space, I, I get into that flow and I get into that flow state where I kind of black out. I think I've explained this theory before in my podcast, but flow state can honestly feel like you are mentally blacking out because of that hyper, hyper dialed in awareness in that moment and literally nothing else exists. Everything else melts away and dissolves. So that's why I consider it sort of like a blackout, but it's like a healthy blackout. It's not the same kind of 
dissociation that we get from drugs, alcohol, and mind-altering substances, but being in flow state can be sort of mind-altering if you think about it because you are so in your own space that it's almost like you're just in tunnel vision and nothing else matters and that that gives me a natural high and that's how you know you're you're living in your truth and your alignment and when you spend more time of your day in that mode in that state of mind that's what creates happiness and fulfillment so I feel like if we focus more of our day and our night and just more hours more minutes in that state of mind then we ultimately will have better mental health um but imposter syndrome can hit anyone even like doctors and therapists who have been working decades in their field like this is what the ego does and it's I think kind of a form of protection because if we you know all of a sudden are just like oh yeah I'm the greatest I'm the best that's that could set us up for failure and we want to keep evolving we want to keep growing we want to keep getting better so that healthy part of the ego will kind of take charge but like in too much it's like too intense sometimes and it's like no you're not doing this right and who do, who the fuck do you think you are and this um this is why I'm speaking about this today in this episode because I just launched my modern meditation course and it's um, a guided meditation series with seven pages of journaling and creative writing um, prompts and it took me about two months to put this all together and it it took a lot of creative blocks to get through I at first I didn't know if I was going to do the guided meditations at first it was just going to be a journaling course and then I I thought to myself, you know what, meditation is such a huge part of of my life, and it's not always just sitting down and meditating, but I really want to get more into that, and I enjoy guiding people through meditations and yin and restorative yoga. I've been doing it for years, so I, you know, I thought to myself, well, why not? Why not make a course with some guided meditations like even though I'm not a certified meditation teacher does it really matter and then it's like the clashing of of the minds of the imposter syndrome and and then the part of my mind that says yes you are worthy yes you you do know what you're doing yeah you are a great teacher so it can be very challenging to navigate through these these moments of total confusion and then total worthiness and then total lack of worthiness and then not understanding what we want to get across so it took me a little bit to really understand my motive and what I wanted to get get through with this course but I don't want to talk about the course too much Um, it's in the show notes and you can uh, purchase it it's on Etsy I tried to make it affordable for everybody so it's just $55 for um, eight guided meditations and it's over five five and a half hours of audio so some of the meditations are short 12 minutes and a few of them are over an hour and 11 minutes and one of them has a yin sequence in there so it's very it's very versatile it's there's there's just each meditation is geared towards getting through some sort of specific type of stress and then the journaling and the creative 
the creative writing worksheets is just like the icing on the cake for you to really up level in the way that you want and the way that your life is going and we all have chaos going on in our lives and writing and journaling has been a huge part of my healing process um I know I've mentioned it before but the journals that I use are Peter Peter Pauper uh you can buy them on eBay Amazon you can buy them off my Amazon store links in the show notes um and every, almost everything that I've written in those journals has become my reality. And I'm not bragging or anything because I used to be the biggest skeptic when it comes to journaling. I used to roll my eyes in the back of my head when somebody told me, oh, yeah, just make a vision board, write it down on paper. And I think, um, when did I start journaling? It was probably like two and a half years ago that I was like you know what what the fuck do I have to lose I wanted to host a yoga retreat I wanted to host more workshops I wanted to travel more I wanted to get healthy I wanted to stop drinking and doing drugs and what do you know three years later I'm sitting here right here right now two or three yoga retreats under my belt lots of workshops Um, I don't drink or do drugs anymore I'm on this path of healing I've traveled to almost every place that I put in those journals, like Bali and Tulum. So this isn't me um, bragging at all because I used to live in a, in a lack mindset. And then once I surrendered and said, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'm going to start journaling. Then it started to become addicting. So in my course, um, there's nightly pages. And in the nightly pages, there's lots of prompts for us to unload our minds because our minds are like computers if we keep our computer on for like a month at a time without turning it off without deleting files without decluttering all of the mess we have in our computer then it's going to be really slow and really cluttered and really just annoying so each day we need to unload and dump our mind into our journal pages and whoops That's my laundry machine that just went off. Um, And so each night you dump your, your thoughts, your ideas, your stressors, your angers, the things that are making you have resentment, the, the fucked up ideas. You can curse in your journal. You can talk shit in your journal without anybody knowing. You can literally, you know, every other word can be fuck and you can just be, you know, ripping somebody a new asshole in your journal and then you're getting it all out there and then you move through it and then you you're probably going to start writing about things you're grateful for that's what usually happens for me is I go into it I'm pissed I get it all out and then I'm like all right cool now that's over what do I want this week what am I grateful for you know what can I do to transform my mind into something healthier so that's that's what that is it's in the show notes okay imposter syndrome Um, it's really challenging to, to prove ourselves to the ones around us who still view us as someone we were years ago. And there's many different modalities and different angles and perspectives of imposter syndrome. But today... And through all this self-development work, we're molding into the person that we are today. 
and it's taken a lot for us to notice our toxic ways of thinking or toxic ways of speaking to others or speaking to ourselves or habits that are just killing us and sometimes friends or family will only be seeing us in the way that we were years ago so the things that we said years ago the way that we treated them years ago the mental illness that we had years ago um that can keep coming up and it can keep us in that story and keep us in that loop that we're living in and this all ties into imposter syndrome because of a personal situation that I've been going through and basically it's just a family member who um not just it's a pretty big deal so I won't use the word just but it's a family member who told me that I'm fake and told me that what I put out on Instagram is fake and that I'm not like that in real life. And if this was five years ago, I think, yeah, I was not well. And everybody gets hit with anger and resentment and we all say things that we don't mean out of our mental illness, out of anger, depression, anxiety, it happens. And this family member said that I'm fake and that um, everything that I talk about is fake, but I feel like I have transcended and I have become a better person and I really do practice what I preach. And through my own suffering and my own mental illness and all of the shit that I've been through the past couple years with breaking my arm, with becoming homeless, living out of a storage unit for a week, then living with a drug addict, you know, being on drugs and other substances. I've been through multiple rock bottoms, probably like five rock bottoms in the past three years, all different sorts, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, drugs, relationships, money, financials, you name it. And I feel like that has been the medicine that I needed to become this person um, speaking into this microphone, speaking with you guys. And it sucks to consistently and continuously be reminded of the person that I was from that family member. And there comes a point where there's the only thing that we can do is reach out to that family member and say, hey, I'm ready to mend this relationship. And if they accept or if they don't, it is what it is. And we can't change a person's mind. We can't change a person's mind. And that's sometimes the most challenging thing. Um, we have to detach ourselves from that past version of ourselves because the now version of ourselves deserves all the energy and all the respect and all of the healing and if we continue to put ourselves in that identifying box of who we were in high school or college or whatever those certain groups of friends that that view us in those different ways this is our life now though and we can't go into somebody's mind and rewrite our story and 
you know, it's just, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. And sometimes people will hold on to the things that we've said and done because forgiveness is really challenging. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things that we can do, especially when somebody's hurt us. And I'm, I've hurt people. I've hurt people through my words, through intentions, through just when I was suffering, it's hard to be your best self. And now I'm on the other side, kind of just sitting here waiting for this family member to, you know, want to rebuild the, the, the relationship. And But there also comes a time where I can't just sit here and walk on eggshells and twiddle my thumbs and hope that they come around because then that's kind of diminishing me and making me feel small and making me feel unworthy, unworthy of love. And when a family member makes you feel like you're unworthy of their love, blood is blood. Like, me and my cousin have had falling outs, huge ones, and we always we always go through, we always come through. We are, we are like five months apart in age. So we're like, we're pretty much like sisters and we like, we really know how to get through it and not hold a grudge on each other. Like there's just something about our, our relationship and our, our sisterhood, even though we're, we're cousins. And I wish that this was the case with this other, um, person in my life. But, um, it just shows you that you need to detach, give people space and time to heal and forgive. And if they never come around, then that just shows you their their character and their, their nature and their capability of forgiving. Um, it's hard. But family members are, are stuck in the same habitual patterns and thinking ways that they're used to. And self-development and self-growth can be a very lonely time. Yes, it's liberating and full of highs and epiphanies and downloads, but it's also like full of those stinging truths and those true colors come through and losing friends and family due to growing apart. And imposter syndrome can, again, come in many different forms. So it's hard to, to change somebody's mind. I know I keep saying that, but it's, it's impossible. We can't do it. And we can become a better version of ourselves and we can truly live in alignment. But if our friend or family member only sees us in that way that we were and not as we are right now, it can be debilitating. It can take a toll on our health, our physical health, our emotional health, our auto, autoimmune my autoimmune um, symptoms, they, they get really gnarly when I am feeling debilitated from this kind of stuff. And it can put us in a hole. It can make us feel hopeless and depressed. It can make us feel as if we're not really becoming a better version and we are fake and we are still that shitty person that we used to be. But it can, you know, it's, it's, it's not fair, but we have to move through it. We can't be the victim. It can make us feel like all the hard inner work that we've been doing is all in our head, but that's not true. We're really working hard, and if we truly feel like we are up-leveling and transcending and becoming a better person, then we are. Then we truly are. Comparison through 
social media can also most definitely plant the seed of unworthiness, which goes hand in hand with imposter syndrome. And, you know, a feeling of low worth or not good enough or not smart enough, not knowledgeable enough, all of these things will exist from the ego. And in a way, it's trying to protect us. But also it has fallen victim to the stories that we are so used to playing a role in. And with social media, I mean, it's uh, it's so crazy what's happening right now because we're all so isolated, yet we're all so connected. And it's just, it's such a mindfuck if you think about it because we have the capability of connecting with more people than any other generation has ever been, you know, capable of connecting with. And the podcast episode that I was talking about earlier, the one with uh, Peter Atia and how what they were talking about, um, they're basically saying that if we didn't have social media, we would have nothing to compare our lives to, like as far as all these people with more money, a better relationship, a better body, a better house, a better car, um, we wouldn't know any better. We wouldn't know. And sometimes the not knowing can bring more joy into our lives. And this is why people say out of sight, out of mind. If you can't see it, then it's out of your mind. And then when we're scrolling on Instagram and we're seeing all of these people who are enjoying their lives more, showing their highlight reels and and their beautiful engagements and, and marriages and then you know, if we don't have that kind of thing, then we're sitting here and saying, well, I guess I'm just unworthy and I'm not, I'm not deserving of these things. And that's when the, the toxic imposter syndrome will, will come through and the ego will come through and say, who do you think you are thinking that you deserve this or you deserve that? And this is why I love journaling and I love writing because I can literally see my ego come out of my mind and onto the paper and when I see it in words, I'm like, that's disgusting. That's just gross. And that's not me. And that's, that's when we can decide to detach ourselves from that part of us that continues to beat ourselves up and beat ourselves into the ground and be a bully. Nobody wants to live with a bully. So why should we have to be a bully to ourselves? And we are all doing our best. And... If we feel like we are, we want to put something out there like a course or an article or we want to take a different class or we want to go on that date or we want to download that dating app again or, you know, we want to say something to someone who we, we haven't had the courage to, that's when imposter syndrome can come through. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve it. They're not going to like you. You don't know what you're doing. Typical imposter syndrome. And we are all victims of this. doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or if you have $5 in your bank account. It doesn't matter if you have a master's degree and a PhD and whatever, or if you are, you know, a high school dropout. We're all human, and we're all here to help each other grow and thrive and become better and help each other. And the thought... So this thought comes into my mind sometimes, and it's, no one takes me seriously. 
that can be derived from childhood. If, um, if you got made fun of or if, you know, people looked at you in a way of, you know, silly or I remember when I was growing up, um, I, I was a dancer all throughout middle school and some of high school, but I was a dancer at, in like through a company and everything. It was crazy. I don't know why my parents did this to me, but um, from ages three to about 14 or 15, and I remember I would really, really idolize the other girls in my in my dance class, from their bodies to their happiness, and I, I always felt like there was just something different about me, something weird, something dark, like people could tell that I was like this kind of depressed little girl, and I wasn't tall, I was, I was small, and I was petite, and I felt, I felt like I always had to play small, or that I wasn't noticeable, and um, I never felt good enough, especially in dance, and when it comes to dance, I mean, those teachers are, they're no joke. I remember one teacher would, like, push my body down in a split and, like, move my body around, and it's crazy um, what we go through as, as kids, and I remember how I felt like nobody took me seriously, and one one instance in particular, maybe you can relate. Um, I know that we all kind of go through the same kind of archetype situations growing up, but there was this girl who I really, really idolized. She was tall, thin, had really long legs. She was beautiful, the cool girl. Everybody loved her in dance, and um, she was just so cool, you know, and she was nice to me, and I, I remember she came in one day with these orange sneakers, Etnies, Etnies sneakers, bright orange, they looked so cool, and she had orange laces in them too, and I was like, oh my god, I love your shoes, and I, I asked my mom if we could go and get shoes like that, and she said, yeah, sure, my mom would do anything for me, she would buy me anything, even, even though money and financial um, security was very, very tight for my, my parents, they made it work, and I really don't know how they did. I don't know how they afforded me to go to dance class and recitals and costumes, and it's just insane when we think about how hard our parents worked when we were growing up. It um, it really it kind of makes me emotional sometimes, to be honest, because we take it for granted and we don't realize how challenging our parents must have had it. You know, um, the the economy wasn't that great when we were growing up. I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm 29, and I just don't know how to, how they did it, man. But um, anyways, so I got those shoes. I got the same orange laces, and I went in to dance next week or whatever. And I didn't realize that it was gonna fuck my world up when this girl saw that I that I copied her. I straight up copied her and it was because I just really liked the way that they looked and she she pulled it off and I really liked how they were orange and funky looking and she was like wow you really got the same shoes like I forget what she said but it embarrassed me and um 
that's just one of those moments I'll never forget because I felt like, oh, wow, I'm so stupid. Nobody, nobody, nobody takes me seriously. Nobody likes me. Nobody thinks that I'm cool. And that, that kind of like theme or way of thinking stuck with me through high school. Um, and now I'm, I'm totally different. I love who I am. I embrace myself and my, my, what I wear and I don't care about what other people do, which is awesome to say. Um, it's just funny how things in our childhood can really reflect how, how we view ourselves later in life. And sometimes, you know, to, to finish off this episode in a current, in a current, um, experience in a current, um, example for you is that I sometimes even feel imposter syndrome as a yoga instructor. Sometimes I feel like when I teach, it's, it's, it's like I escaped a prison because when I teach, I feel like I'm stepping into my truth and I'm stepping into my alignment. And then when I leave that space, then nobody takes me seriously. And so it's really crazy. The only time that I feel like people take me seriously or respect me is when I'm in the yoga space and I'm teaching because that's when I'm truly living my passion and and my my passions speak through me and I channel source and I and I somewhat black out because um like I said I'm living in my in my truth and my power and then when I step, you know, when I step into the yoga studio, I feel free and I'm, I'm not chained and I'm not locked in my my own depression and anxiety and, and all that. But when I leave that space, that's when it feels very shocking and stinging. And it's like I'm back to my jail cell. I'm back to my isolation. So it's almost like a prisoner who escapes each day for a few hours you know, and then they come back to their jail cell. It's it's a mind fuck. It's it's really weird, but and that's that's another version of imposter syndrome because in a way it's like I have my confidence, right? When I'm in the yoga space and I'm teaching. And then when I leave, that imposter syndrome creeps in and says, Oh, well nobody's gonna take you seriously because you know you're not in the yoga space and you're not teaching yoga and you're just a normal fucking person you don't know what you're talking about you're just you're never gonna meet somebody you're never gonna find love you're not worthy you're the only place that you're worthy or the only place that you're helping people is when you're teaching yoga and you're of you're being of service and it's just like exhausting to think that way and I'm I'm really tired of it, and I'm sharing this because I, I think that probably some of you guys feel the same way. I really do. And it's challenging to navigate through that, you guys, but um, we're all here, and I'm here to tell you that imposter syndrome is real, and all we have to do is learn to use our tools to switch off that switch and understand that it's a programming that we have to just turn the volume down and it requires us to be present it requires us to do the work to meditate to move to breathe to be present and yeah so that's it 
thank you guys so much for tuning in to that episode of the vibe within i hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to support the podcast there's several ways um, all linked in the show notes but if you'd like to support it in a free way because we all love free things don't get me wrong um, just screenshot an episode that you like tag me um, share it with a friend or a family member you can send friends and family just a link and text it to them um, leave me a, a five-star uh, rating leave me a review even if it's just five sentences or five words I don't care um, anything just to keep the podcast thriving um, as you know this is a one-woman show I record this I edit it I reach out to potential sponsors I you know I, I try to plan these episodes and make them juicy and informational and experiential and fun and I'm doing this because in my journey through self-help, mental illness, I became very isolated and I know how it feels and I'm still kind of in that that cloud of isolation, especially since when I, I moved to Philly, it was it was just a whole new world for me and and I'm working through it and I'm working through it with you guys and I want to show you guys what's helping me and what's been you know, those tools that are getting me through the days, even good good days, bad days, we all have them. Um, so I'm here for you. If you need to get a hold of me, Gypsy Love Flow on Instagram, or you can email me all the information's in the show notes. And again, if you are interested in the course that I just launched, it's called Modern Meditations. It's eight guided meditations over five hours worth of audio guided meditations for you with really calming music. And then seven full creative journaling worksheets with tons of prompts. I want to say probably like 15 or 20 prompts and questions um, to get your mind really working and untangling and allow yourself to creatively flow Um all of your pain and suffering out so that you can refresh renew your life meditation breathing movement writing these are all the things that have helped me so much and i just want to help you guys get through whatever transition is happening in your life i'm here for you um just know you're not alone and um i'll leave you with the rest of this song enjoy